1: this episode features an interview with Mark Josephson. Mark previously served for six-plus years as the CEO of Bitly and is currently the CEO and co-founder of Cast Iron, an e-commerce company for kitchen-based creators. His impressive career also includes stops as a chief marketing officer and as senior vice president of revenue and marketing at AOLspatch.com. On this episode, Mark discusses using storytelling and demand gen marketing, engaging with harder to reach audiences, and finding inspiration in the online content creator community. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at qualified.com. If you are a B2B marketer who has always dreamed of knowing when a qualified prospect is on your site and being able to talk to them instantly, now you can. Learn more at qualified.com.
1: So please enjoy this interview between Mark Josephson, CEO of Cast Iron and former CEO of Bitly, and your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to
0: Demand Gen Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios, and today we are joined by a special guest. Mark, how are you?
2: I'm great, Ian. Thanks for having me. Thanks
0: for joining me today. Excited to chat about your new company. I guess it's not that new anymore, but your company Cast Iron. And we're gonna get into that. We're gonna talk marketing as always and demand gen and how a CEO thinks about marketing as you have done in your career. So let's get into it. Have you had a job in marketing in your career?
2: Yes. I am a marketer by trade. And my very first job was in very first job out of college was at a marketing and PR firm in Boston. And I was, I mean, this dates myself literally and figuratively in 1994, and I worked at a boutique agency and our clients were sporting goods and consumer products companies. I launched new products for rollerblade brand inline skates. I did trademark protection programs for rollerblade brand inline skates, for example. And then in 1995, six and seven, we started to get internet clients. like. Series A early dot com boom companies that would go on to be IPO and public companies and that exist today. And they were my clients. And that was my very first job was in marketing. Okay, so flash forward to today. Tell us about cast iron. Cast iron is awesome. It is the most fun I've ever had in my career. I've had six or seven different jobs, I lost count. This is the first time I started something from scratch, the first time I'm a founder. And This business is mission-driven. We are passionate at Cast Iron about helping entrepreneurs become successful business owners, and our entrepreneurs that we obsess over are food artisans. That means they are independent, passionate, talented people who are making food in their licensed home kitchens or in shared commercial kitchens. They are the best sourdough bakers you've ever met. That one chocolate chip cookie that your friend made that you haven't been able to stop thinking about the bottle of kombucha, the hot sauce that tastes better than anything you can buy in a store, those artisans need help. And our business is focused on helping them. Um, You know, Ian, it's so interesting because with that passion for entrepreneurs and having been an entrepreneur my whole career, a lot of attention and a lot of energy and a lot of money goes literally and figuratively to the coasts and not to this other set of entrepreneurs that are entrepreneurs by necessity. Our customers are largely over 40 female and not white. That means they're not necessarily connected to the systems of success that we might take for granted in the Bay area or New York city. And so our business is e-commerce tools for them to help them start, run and grow an e-commerce business. And it's been a blast. And
0: you are no stranger to marketing and to business. You led Bitly for a number of years as CEO and other stints at, at AOL, Patch.com, and, and others. I'm curious, going into this role, obviously you have a, a marketer's mind, but being a CEO is slightly different. How do you think about marketing at Cast Iron?
2: Well, I think every good business is got to be based in marketing. As a marketer first, it's about Great CEOs and great marketers know how to tell stories and being able to understand your customers and tell a story that resonates. And we can talk about what resonate means on a demand gen podcast, right? You need to drive demand and sales. But I think that when starting this business, I made a list of things that were, I called wouldn't it be great ifs? Wouldn't it be great if our customers thanked us when we were done talking to them? Wouldn't it be great if our customers found us and we didn't have to go looking for them? Wouldn't it be great if we were obsessed with solving problems for our customers instead of just trying to sell them something? Wouldn't it be great if our success was aligned with the success of our customers? There's a longer list and there are some personal ones in there as well. And when you decide to start a company, you need to think about the impact on your, on your on the rest of your life. But those, wouldn't it be great ifs, really start to talk about what relationship you want to have with your customers, how you're going to find them, how you're going to speak to them, how you're going to engage with them, and how you're going to solve problems for them. And that's where we started at Cast Iron with a passion for a group of potential customers. And what we wanted our relationship to be with them. And if you start to break that down into tactics and buzzwords that might be a little bit more manageable, actually, for our audience, is that means, wouldn't it be great if our customers found us? That means inbound. That means organic. right? Wouldn't it be great if we were obsessed with solving problems, not selling things? That means content. That means community. Wouldn't it be great if our success was tied to the success of our customers. Success. That means freemium. That means SaaS. That means consumption-based pricing. So a lot of truisms about great businesses have roots in the kind of relationship you want to have with your customers, and that, to me, is all marketing. Let's get to our next segment, the trust tree. With the knowledge you've been given,
1: you are now on the inside of what I like to call the circle of trust.
2: What? I thought we were in the trust tree with, in the nest. Are we not...
0: This is where you can go and feel honest and trusted and share those deepest, darkest demand and secrets.
2: Bring it. Obviously,
0: you talked about who Cast Iron is and who you serve. Let's let's dig in a little deeper to this buying persona. Tell me about this person and how do you think about acquiring new accounts?
2: So the, the persona, our ISP today, what we're starting with because we're still pretty early, is an artisan who is actively making and selling food from their licensed home kitchen or shared commercial kitchen, and they're doing it largely inefficiently. They're doing it on Facebook or Instagram, and they are, you'll see DM to order, or fill out this Google form. And they are getting orders from 10 different places. They're spending 75% of their time on administration, chasing people down for payment, maintaining a customer list in 10 different places. A great example, and this is we see this happening a lot, is the stay at home mom with a couple of kids and the family needs to put some more money uh, on the table and they need to, she needs a job. And she has a recipe that was passed down from her. She learned how to make cakes with her grandmother. And at the first birthday party for her son, everyone said, oh my God, this cake is incredible. And it's so beautifully decorated. And by the time that second birthday runs around, she's selling 15 to 20 cakes a month. And she's overwhelmed by The administration of it. She knows she wants to be professional. She knows she wants to. This is not a side hustle. This is a real business that she wants to build and is running. And she knows she needs help. And so we find our customers mostly so far at the points of how do I do X? How do I do Y? What are the problems that I'm trying to solve? Real intent-driven keyword searches as well as looking to connect with other artisans who might be able to help them solve their problems in a shared community.
0: And so obviously a ton of need. My wife was actually a, a chef in her, in her previous career, so I've thought about this problem many a times in, right. in a different way. It's a, very, it's a group that obviously needs a lot of support, and they want to focus on, on doing what they do, which is, which is make amazing things. And they don't want to think about all the other stuff How do you think about getting in front of this group? What are the types of marketing and and demand activities that you think about? What is your strategy?
2: So again, we wanna build an inbound, freemium SaaS business. We have no salespeople. I hope we never have salespeople. Love them, have been one. But our customer base is such that it doesn't make sense for us to build a big outbound sales motion. Certainly not an enterprise product. Our strategy is to create valuable content valuable resources, valuable interactions and opportunities to provide value to our customers. Ian, this really does go back to the list of things that wouldn't it be great if the best businesses I've ever been part of and seen have been collections of talented, passionate people with shared goals who work together to make magical things happen. And we are servants of our artisans every step of the way. We are in this for the long haul. We are starting with people who are doing this today. We're gonna be adding people who've never done it. We're gonna be adding folks like your wife who are professionally trained, who could go independent and the ability for folks to start and grow interesting businesses this way. We fundamentally believe that if we go out of our way to provide valuable resources, valuable tools, Actively search for the places where they're looking for them, make sure that we're there in an organic fashion, make sure that we're there in a participatory community fashion, making sure we're there on a, on a support basis, that that's going to pay the dividends. We understand how to acquire that customer, how to activate that customer, how to expand that customer, and, and really start and end with value creation and not transactional. We know our CAC, we know our LTV, and yes, those have to be world-class, but at our company, we fight over who gets to answer support tickets, which is mind-blowing because usually that's an unhappy or a confused customer. But we know at the end of that engagement, we're going to get a thank you. And that feeling of thank you because we've helped this artisan solve a problem that unlocks value for them, that's fuel. And that's our that, in many ways, is our marketing strategy. It is about creating value and adding value. Okay, let's get to our next segment, The Playbook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game.
1: Hello? You play to win the game.
0: This is where you talk about tactics that help you win. What three channels or tactics are your uncuttable budget items. And this can, going back to your days at Billy, you can share some stuff that worked there. You can share some stuff of how you're investing for Cast Iron, but what are your three uncuttables?
2: My three uncuttables are easy to answer. The very first hire at Cast Iron was a content creator, organic SEO, period, full stop. It's the thing we've spent the most money on, the most time on, and have seen the greatest return on. I don't believe in renting audience. I want to invest in content and resources that deliver more value over time. It is cost effective, low cost to acquire, but also again, creates just real value if you do it right for, the, for your customers. So number one uncuttable here is SEO. The second uncuttable channel or tactic for us is community. And what we're trying to figure out candidly still is how much of that community do we have to build ourselves versus participating and engaging in other people's communities where our customers spend time. And when you sell typical enterprise product or mid-market or MarTech, your customers are part of a team and they are they have co-workers. Our micro SMBs, our artisans, are solopreneurs. They don't have a team of people that they can talk to. They don't have a team of people that they can bounce ideas off of or go out for drinks with at the end of the day and complain about their boss. So being an essential part of helping create a workplace for them and a workplace culture and a workplace relationships, and so all those great things that you get out of those work relationships is priceless. And we're going to continue to invest heavily in that. And the third uncuttable is social, both organic and paid. So much of our customer's business, our artisan's business is conducted. On social and whether that's obviously Facebook and Instagram, but TikTok increasingly in the messaging platforms, that's where they are. They live all day and their customers are there all day as well. Anything that
0: has surprised you so far in marketing cast iron?
2: The biggest surprise in marketing cast iron so far has been the receptivity to our marketing messages by our customers. And I don't mean that just in terms of click rate and conversion rate, cpc ctr cpa every other business that i've run or been part of or marketed is a very crowded space selling bitly we sold software to marketers there's a lot of software products being sold to marketers today and certainly eight years ago when i started at bitly our customers truly at cast iron appreciate the help and that's been surprising it's been very rewarding it's challenged us to make sure that we're not doing things that are purely transactional, but are adding value to their to their day. If they're literally working out of their homes, when they engage with you, they're inviting you into their home. And that's a very personal, real thing. In the research phase of starting this company, I spoke to hundreds of artisans, and I would talk to them while they were canning pickles in the basement, while they were actually frosting the cakes, while they were reducing this, the, in making the hot sauce, like with the headphones on and the phone up on their shelf. And that's very personal. That surprised me. And, and I love it. It's really, you really get the chance to hopefully make an impact on someone's life and their livelihood. Nobody in this world likes short links more than I do. Love, 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 love it. Yep. I use them every day. They're fantastic. But when you're able to take somebody, help somebody who has a dream and a passion, and you can give them an easy button to deliver a moment of joy that comes with a fresh baked chocolate chip cookie or an amazing dinner for five that the family gets to be together. It's really an incredible feeling. Yeah. It's
0: funny as a marketer that has used Bitly for years, I can tell you there are many joys in, in short links and to be able to make sense of the chaos And I'm sure as CEO, you spoke with many, 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 many marketers over the years that went from not knowing what was going on to knowing what was going on. It seems like the chef or the business owner, they know what they want to do. They want to sell stuff and they just have so little clarity around all of that other stuff. I feel like the marketer who's using short links has a little bit more information to work with and has a bigger team and has a need to use those things so well, they're different
2: pro- they're different professionals and they're different professions sure. and I think there's something unbelievably elegant and powerful about a short link that can give you visibility can give you transparency can give you control in a way that marketers are striving for and that's what I don't get me wrong I, I like I said I, nobody likes short links more than I do the they're the unsung hero of marketing campaigns and for marketers globally i think that what we're finding with with these micro entrepreneurs these are artisans is that they have similar problems we talk a lot about pricing we talk a lot about their marketing strategies and how to add customers and how to drive retention with their customer base they have to not only be a marketer they also have to be the maker they also have to be the customer service person they also have to be The HR person. They have all of that wrapped up into one. And in many ways, the power of taking a a million long links with endless strings and parameters and condensing it into one powerful, easy-to-use tool is not that dissimilar from all the chaos that an artisan might do to have a successful business and wrapping it in an easy button from cast iron. The research that we've seen and done is that it's about 75% of their time is doing something other than making the food. And they didn't get into it for the 75%. So we, we shorten that, that link for them. I love that.
0: What about a channel or a tactic that hasn't been working, something that you wouldn't be investing in or something that you stopped investing in previously in your career?
2: Cast Iron is a SaaS business and we, we sell software to independent food artisans sometimes i like to think we're special and we need to innovate brand new channels and brand new tactics and brand new strategies but the truth is is that we're special just like everybody else is special too that said the channels and tactics that we used at bitly or i used at bitly and in other places don't always work and don't always translate so we had a lot of success when i was at bitly with webinars because marketers are really looking to learn they have professional development Everybody uses Bitly, so if there are secrets and ways to use it better and more powerfully and to integrate it with tools and drive greater success and greater results, like, sign up for a webinar and we'll tell you how to do that. We started off at Cast Iron with a handful of webinars, and boy, is the reaction different. Granted, the starting a business from zero versus global scale of the Bitly audience, but artisans don't sign up to come watch a webinar yeah. on Zoom. That's not how they're going to engage but we are learning that you have to you have to teach them, you have to nurture them, you have to understand their buying patterns, and when they're when they're in market and when they're not, that are very similar. But the tactics that we actually use are probably different from other sort of higher value AS, ASP uh, or ACV type software programs.
0: I know you just raised around a round of funding here. Uh, I'm sure some of that is earmarked for marketing. But if you had more money, if you had a big old budget. Obviously, there are really talented culinary folks all over the internet at this point in time. There's influencers and micro-influencers and all sorts of things. There's obviously tons of famous chefs with all the food networks and tons of content related like that. You may wave the magic wand. Is that a space that you'd want to invest in?
2: Yes, and we are now at a scale that's right for our company and our stage, particularly on the micro-influencer side. It has been really rewarding and interesting to see there's a subreddit for everything kind of thing. There are communities where people are teaching each other how to do these businesses and collaborating. And there are people who have built really amazing audiences doing that. I think if we had the true answer is if we had unlimited dollars, we'd be testing a lot more things, (laughs) um, not necessarily going in heavy on a lot more things. I'm less interested in celebrity chefs. I get asked that question a lot. My celebrities are Matt, who makes the best kombucha in Indianapolis. those are the superstars and the celebrities. My brand is the artisan, not Emerald. Love Emerald. Bam, yeah. it's great, but like not interested. That's interesting. I'd be
0: curious, and that's totally makes sense to, to elevate those folks. The whole thing is like, they don't have the resources that Emerald has. They don't have all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. But where do those people look for inspiration, look for ideas, look for, for all that sort of stuff? This is one of those things that I've talked a lot about as it relates to podcasts podcast, because that's what Caspian thinks about is, is shows. And I always talk about how if you listen to a fantasy football podcast, you're going to hear ads for fantasy football. And there's so few marketers that have done anything to try to reach this group of people to segment them other than their fantasy football desires. And I always feel that same way with cooking or with cooking shows or things like that. There's so much of it that is advertised just to, to chefs or, or to that sort of thing. And it's like, couldn't we be a little bit more creative? So I'm, I'm curious if, if, if you feel like that audience isn't necessarily paying attention one-to-one. They're not watching Bobby Flay or something.
2: I think they probably watch Bobby Flay just like you and I watch Bobby Flay because it's fun to see somebody cook something like that. But when it's about their business and what they're learning, there are podcasts. There are this great podcast by forager.com. David Graybill is a super talented guy who his life's mission is to help people build cottage food businesses. And so he's got a lot of great content. He interviews them on a weekly basis. He's got an audience. That's awesome. We have sponsored a few podcasts and dipping our toe in there. So it exists. They exist. This is a real thing. And you're right. If all the ads on fantasy football are for sports betting, then that's only going to last so long. And those businesses need to also figure out how to... I mean, right now, sports betting is probably paying the most they'll ever pay. But I have multiple fantasy football teams, and I think about other things when I'm doing it too. Exactly.
0: No, and I think that that's, that's the thing is like... Trying to hone in on those those sections and those those areas when you're small, and you're like, how can we spend our money the best? And if you found out that, whatever, eighty eight percent of culinary artisans play fantasy football and listen to whoever our buddy JJ Zacharyson's late round podcast, boy, that would be a great spot to have some ads. So,
2: yeah, and I talked a little bit earlier about owning versus renting your audience. And wouldn't it be great if our customers came to us for that and that kind of connection? And so that's really hard to do. I haven't been able to crack the nut on that at this business yet, but they're real people doing real things with real needs.
0: There's so many cool people that are creating, and it's just that classic buyer build conversation that we all think about as marketers as it relates to content. How do I find those folks? Again, if you could wave the magic wand, I just want all of you to work for me and to create all that stuff. For me. How do we figure well, that out? I
2: fall out? in love with every I fall in love with every influencer professionally and I'm like, I should just hire them. Like I and just have them do all of our do our all our own stuff. I'm actively looking for content creators and social content creators now to actually come work at Cast Iron. But we were recently verified on TikTok. And when you're verified on TikTok, you get access to the creator marketplace that they built. Yep. Have you been inside there? No, I haven't messed around with it. So We're past the point where we can joke about dancing and all that stuff because there's a billion people a day on TikTok and on all sorts of things. So doing all sorts of stuff, like I'm into obviously my business stuff, but in my personal life, I'm a, a New England sports fan and I do crossword puzzles every day, right? And so there's TikTok for that. There's a TikTok channel, hashtags in a community and all that stuff. Same thing on Twitter. It's no different than Twitter in that regard. But in the creator marketplace, you can find really targeted micro influencers who are creating content and building audience about things that matter to anybody's customers. They're there and you can find them. Do you have any
0: favorite campaigns that you've run from a B2B perspective over the years?
2: Yeah. You know, I think a lot about the strategy in the early days of Bitly way back in 2013, when I joined the company, was a lot about making sure that we were everywhere. People were shortening links. and so opening up APIs, making sure that we had easy integrations into all the social platforms, into all of the content marketing platforms, and owning market share. I was blessed to join the company. It was already a household name for marketers when I joined, but the business-focused tools are a lot of what we, the team and I brought to that business. So how do you leverage a global brand with such massive traffic and such massive inbound is making sure that you're in the places that matter and where you could make sure your integrations were strong and valuable so that you could acquire a free user and then move them up the ladder into strong LTV. And that was fun. It was finding a lot of diamonds in the haystack to mix a few metaphors.
0: Yeah, no, it's funny. Obviously, just so different marketing freemium and just how how unbelievably complex that, that thing is where... Even the individual campaigns, as you allude to here, are pale in comparison to how much volume you're doing from a freemium perspective. So just getting a percentage of those people up the funnel is is more important than, than anything.
2: Yeah. And that translates into cast iron. And we started this conversation talking about some things that would be great if, and it doesn't matter what business I was in today. If this business were a different, different customer, different price point, different go to market, it would still be a freemium SaaS business because it's just such an efficient way to acquire customers. And if you do it right, they thank you for it. I know you don't
0: have a sales team. It's a freemium SaaS model, as we talked about. So your relationship with sales is non-existent by choice. But I am curious... This group of people is very needy. Any small business owner, very needy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they just want to talk to someone. How do you think about bridging that gap as a marketer?
2: We love talking to our customers, but we know we can't talk to every single one all the time. And so that's where community comes in and whether they talk with us or whether they talk with each other. But here's, a, here's actually an interesting thing that we've learned video. We do a lot of Loom videos back and forth with our customers or towards our customers. There's something there that there's a powerful component to showing up on video and solving a support problem. I can't figure out how to change or add a new fulfillment method, or I want to start shipping and I was only delivering before. A 90-second Loom video overlaying the site is pretty powerful. That's a great takeaway. That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like
0: that that's one of the things in communities that's so tough is not just feeling like the admin, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not just feeling well, can't like the fake f- it. Yeah, no, totally.
2: There's some great, great, great talented community leaders have built thriving, high growth, engaged audiences. And it doesn't happen by chance. And this actually goes back into, to my first real startup job, which was at about.com. And About.com is in many ways the first real creator-focused business because if you don't know that business, today it's called Dot Dash and it's owned by IAC and it just bought Meredith, the publishing company, the traditional publishing company. I wrote the manifesto for that business in 1996. Funny. And it is built to last and it's fantastic and it's awesome. But that business was about creating a platform for experts to build sites. So we had a network of 1,500 experts on everything from Every sports team to different history topics to Windows 95 back then. And we built a really large public company, media company back then. But what you didn't see was the power behind the scenes was our experts are called guides. And there was a guide lounge where all they all talked to each other. And that was one of my biggest takeaways from that my time in that business was the power of really talented, passionate people working together. Even if they're doing different things, the coolest part of that, about that business was the energy that you never saw in the, in the community, in the forums, behind the scenes. That was very real and very powerful. I'm chasing that. I continue to chase that. It's a multiplier. Obviously,
0: we, we focus on B two B a lot on this podcast, so it's been it's been fun chatting about freemium and and, and small business and all that stuff. Still technically B two B, very. Although I feel like a lot of times small business owners you're like, it, yeah, but it's just me. But
2: but it's B two B, and look, I'm looking for a head of marketing right now, and by the time this airs, I really hope I have one in seat. But shoot me a note anyway at marketcastiron.me if you want to come market cast iron with me. And the businesses that we're looking at to recruit from are all B2B software businesses you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in Uber Eats or Etsy or other companies that you think might be more quote-unquote relevant. I'm looking for high-volume, inbound, online channel, B2B software, product-led growth. We're not special, any more special than anybody else in that regard. So I interrupted your question, but we are B2B it's just that our b tends to be really small and sometimes behave a little like a c. Yeah, totally.
0: No, and that 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 is where I was going. And in that type of business, website obviously very critical. How do you view your
2: website? Website is critical to help educate and qualify all of our customers at every step of the way. One of the things that we've done I think well here that hasn't shown up yet that's an investment. We we decided to make an investment early in building things that we need will need to scale. So we might have over-invested in data architecture and data infrastructure. We might have over-invested in making sure that our website talks to our CRM, which talks to our HubSpot, to GCP, to Firebase, to Segment, to Help Scout, to you name it. It's so hard to go back and fix that when you have more than 10 customers or 100 or 1,000 or 10,000 or a million, whatever the number is that matters for you. And I think about our website as it's our resume, it's our calling card, it's our front door, it's make or break often. Are we delivering the right kind of message to the right person that really resonates for them that we can solve a problem or get them into the funnel, if that makes sense? Or so much of an early business is finding out what your conversion rates should be And so I'm not going to tell you our conversion rates, but we don't know if they're good or bad yet. We just, right? We don't know yet. We just know what they are. So testing and exploring different ways. We have four months of real data at this stage of our business. We launched in October and I don't know what LTV really is yet. So if I make sign up three screens earlier or three screens later in the same flow, drastically going to impact conversion rates, maybe optimizes LTV, maybe optimizes CAC. Those are all fun things that we're looking at. So when I think about the website, I think about in all the glowing terms we talked about, but in terms of math and and how to optimize those equations.
0: I love that. And I love that. I love that description on the fact that you over in that data infrastructure. Because once you do it, yeah. you sure as heck don't want to go back.
2: That's right. It's just very different. The advances in, I mean, I don't have a, an incredibly advanced data lake. When I say we've over-invested in it, it's, it's, it's just become very easy, much easier to be able to do. So in implementing something like Segment at the core level that, can, that we're tracking every event. We have a Slack channel that shows every time a new person hits a new stage in onboarding, we get updated on every transaction, on every step, and... You just start to get the data flowing through. And then as you sit down to build your plan, look at your goals, understand your progress, you've got data to inform those. So I don't know if our conversion rate is good or bad yet, but I know we can do better. And I know where people are dropping off. I know where people are getting stuck. And if you don't have the data, and the data is cheap when you start early, and you have more of it than you possibly know what to do with, but you can start to ask questions. And then you can use your assumptions to, to try and test new things, but then you just measure the hell out of it. Mark, let's get to our final
0: question here. Quick hits. These are quick questions and quick answers, just like conversational marketing with qualified.com. Qualified prospects are on your website right now, and you can talk to them quickly with qualified, quick and easy, just like these questions. Go to qualified.com to learn more. Mark, are you ready?
2: I am ready. Fired up. Number one, do you have a hidden talent or skill
0: that's not on your resume?
2: I make great pancakes, vegan pancakes. Favorite book, podcast,
0: TV show that you checked out that you would recommend?
2: MASH. I love MASH. Watched my whole life,
0: TV show. Do you have a favorite non-marketing hobby that sort of maybe kind of indirectly makes you a better marketer?
2: Crossword puzzles. I do the crossword puzzle every day, 506 days in a row as of now. It's my longest streak. Crossword puzzles are the answer to every question you might ask.
0: Indeed. What's your advice on somebody who's trying to get all their links in order here? Because I feel like a lot of marketers, we got a lot of links and I feel like you're the guy, you know, you know, all the secrets, you know, where yeah. all the links are buried.
2: love the question. Look, you can upload all your links in a spreadsheet to your Bitly account and get all the answers you've ever been looking for.
0: <laughs> uh, we use Billy all the time. And I talk to you about this, uh, off air, but it really is just, it's a great product and and kudos to you for, you know, obviously you've been away from the business for a little bit, but while you were at the helm, lots and lots of people have found
2: to have your product. Well, thank you. I will tell you that I'll tell you the last thing I'll say about Bitly is that the innovation that I've seen there since I left is so impressive and the integration of some QR code. They acquired a a big QR code and made that part of that. I mean, that's just a, the team there is great. I know that they care about their customers as much as we care about artisans that Cast iron, if not more. So go bit.ly. Love it. What would
0: be your advice for a CMO from the CEO about figuring out their demand gen strategy?
2: The number one thing I advise CMOs on doing is understanding what their boss's bonus structure is. (laughs) I love that. If you know how your boss is getting paid, Ian, then you know what's important. I love it. Mark, it's been awesome
0: we're fans of Cast Iron. For our listeners, go to castiron.me to check out more about the company. If you know an artisan that's making some some delicious cookies or, or brownies or, or really anything delicious, fried chicken, hot chicken, whatever you got, send them over to castiron.me. Mark, any final thoughts? Anything to plug?
2: No, this is awesome. I love uh, loved talking about marketing. Thanks for having me. The ManGen Visionaries is brought to you by our friends at qualified.com a conversational marketing company that's on a mission to transform the way B2B companies sell. Go to Qualified.com to learn more.